What up, what up, what up, everyone? This is Dr. Dennis Tian. This is the Dr. Football Podcast. I am coming to you live. I'm back in Massachusetts. Um, the mouse giveth and the mouse taketh away. And he always gives us a parting gift every time we go down there. In this case, it was the stomach bug. So I'm recording today. Not feeling 100%. Everyone in my house got sick since we got back. But we're back here. And I think we're ready to roll. And we really wanted to record today because it has been a lot of news and a lot of interesting news on this team over the last few days and really all across the league. Um, I'm recording, as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the CEO of Hedge Better, Justin Fine. Justin, man, what's going on? Hopefully you're stomach bug free, man. Yeah, for now. For now, I'm stomach bug free. I, I mean, I don't know. Knock on wood. I've been lucky. I feel like... Uh... Everyone's been getting sick the last few weeks, right? It's just that time of year. You know what I mean? The winter, the holidays, everyone's around in confined spaces. Um, it just seems un- uh, you know, unavoidable. But luckily, here I am standing strong, so don't want to jinx it. Yeah. Well, you know, when you have kids one day, you're going to understand this. But what always happens yeah. is, is that one of the kids gets sick first. In this case, it was our baby, our one-year-old. She's the first one to get sick, right? Well, now she was sick for a day, day and a half. Now she's fine. She's energetic. She feels great. And the rest of us are all sick. And right. nobody wants to chase her around all day. So it happens all the time like that. So it's just so aggravating. They yeah. bring stuff back to you and it is unavoidable. And in a place like Disney, it's easy to imagine how that happens. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I mean, in Disney, it's, you know, you're just basically in a, a giant Petri dish with rides, right? So that's really what it is. It is so true. But yeah, All right, we're, uh, we're, we're back, right? I mean, we don't have Patriots to talk about, but I mean, we got, well, we do have Patriots, not Patriots to look forward to. We've got plenty to talk about, but I mean, we're going to have plenty right? to talk about, but it's, it's crazy that you think there's not going to be another meaningful Patriots game for almost nine months, which yeah. is kind of drag. I mean, you know, it's always kind of a bummer uh, when you get to this time of year, especially when you don't make the playoffs. But um, there will be a lot to talk about this offseason. It's going to be interesting talk, talk, talking um, about this team. And we're going to start really right off the bat with, it. I think, a huge story that broke um, last night. And I was completely stunned. And in fact, I texted you because I just couldn't believe um, that the Patriots released the press release last night. That's not only specifically detailed their offseason plans to move on effectively for Matt Patricia to keep Gerard Mayo, um, but also specifically mentioned that they're going to be hiring an offensive coordinator. And and I just thought those three things together yep. were things that were so frankly out of character from anything we've seen from this franchise for the last 20 years. And to me, it confirms a couple things. One is it confirms that Robert Kraft is not happy with what has happened the last three years. Yep. And and we talked about this going back to the offseason, his comments at the owners meeting last year about not making the playoffs, needing to win a playoff game, have won a playoff game in three seasons. And clearly there was validity to those of us that felt like Kraft's comments were, were a reflection of dissatisfaction with Belichick, with the program, with the way things are going. So I think that's evident. But I also think that it's a it's a flex your muscle move from Robert Kraft. And another yeah. thing we talked about that if people don't think Kraft has the stones to prove 
that he's still the man and he still runs the show when it's all said and done. He just did that. And I would actually say that I was really happy to see that because I think it, it needed to happen. Kraft needed to get the reins here because the ship has been going off the rails really for the last four or five years and certainly since Brady left three years ago. But Justin, what are your thoughts on this crazy decision, totally out of character decision to release a statement? Not only did it release, but what it said. What do you think? I, I think it's a huge positive. I really do. And you know, the other thing that's a positive before I let you talk is it shows that Belichick, you may not like it, but he's going to work. He's not going to leave. He's not, you know what I mean? We talked about the scenario that yep. Belichick might leave if Kraft puts an ultimatum down. Well, Kraft put the ultimatum down, and I think Belichick acknowledges that something's off here. So he sounds like he's going to meet in the middle, and I think that's a good thing. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all, it's all good news, right, so far. Um, you know, I, I think you're 100% right with Robert Kraft. I think there was definitely um, some sort of muscle flex. So, you know, at the very least, it was him reassuring you know, even if it's not a flex on Bill and, you know, just, you know, himself, I think at the very least, it's his way of reassuring the Patriots fan base, the NFL community, you know, the the the, the players that are going to be in the team next year that, hey, this is not our standard. This is not what we expect, right? This is not what we work for. Um, and this is not who we are as an organization. And it's going to change. Have no fear. He gets in, He gets out in front of it before the draft before, um, you know, any off season moves. And he basically puts it in everyone's mind that, Hey, look, I know everyone's not happy and you have good reason to not be happy. I'm not happy either. And these are the steps we're going to take to, uh, to address it. We've heard your complaints. We've seen the results in the field. Um, and this is going to change. I think it's, it's absolutely welcomed by, by everyone. And, you know, we call it an ultimatum potentially from from Kraft to to Bill, but look, Bill, I, I, I you know as much of an ego as or as stubborn as Bill might be, you know I, I, the guy I think wants to win football games more than anything, and so you know if you're a coach and you want to be successful and you want to win games, it didn't take a genius to see what the problems were and what some of the first uh, just blatantly obvious steps would be to fix it. Um, I love the news I'm hearing. Super happy Gerard Mayo is going to be back. Super happy they're going to get an OC. Um, I think it helps ease the blow a little bit of what we just witnessed for the last few months and the end of the season. Um, and again, I think it also reassures the players coming back for next year that, hey, let's not lose the locker room before the 2023 season's even started. So, uh, yeah, overall, definitely very happy. I don't know. I, I it, Maybe... You did hear something. I didn't. I don't know. Did they say anything about the special teams coach? They have not said anything about the special teams coach yet, which I, I, I can see no pathway that Cam Accord is back this year. I mean, this was epically bad special. I mean, it wasn't just like one mistake. I mean, this has been two years of horrific special teams. So I'm sure, given what we've seen in the assertiveness that Robert Kraft has shown, that that um that that action will be taken there because it was clearly a problem. Um what do you think Justin you you touched on this but specifically about the the issue of them saying we're hiring an offensive coordinator. I thought that was really interesting because look, we talked about this last episode, this sort of core fundamental issue of where the responsibility lies for this 
whole thing going south. And maybe even questioning a little bit if Belichick and Kraft were on the same page about that. I mean, this statement, regardless of how much Belichick is going to buy into it, I think is an implication that the direction of the organization is away from Matt Patricia. And that, and that an acknowledgement that Matt Patricia was a huge, huge problem, incapable of doing the job, didn't know what he was doing. And it's not his fault, frankly. It was Belichick's fault because Belichick put him in that spot. As much as we all want to give Patricia a hard time, and we have on the show many times, it's really not his doing. Um, isn't this really an acknowledgement that, that that whole arrangement was an abject failure? Yeah, and you know what? I, In hindsight, I kind of, you know, I'm obviously not happy that it happened. But I like the way the Patriots went about it. Um, Bill didn't throw him under the bus in his press conference, right? He was asked a million questions about him. You know, Bill didn't come out and put all the blame on him or throw him under the bus or, you know, come out and say uh, that, oh, it's his, you know, it's his fault, this, this, and that. But then, you know, you just make a general press release from the organization and you just detail that, hey, yes, we're going to be going in a different direction. And I actually really like the way they did that because they said what needed to be said and are doing what needs to be done without, um, you know, without kind of looking, without playing the blame game. And to be honest, you know, when, when you see people playing the blame game sometimes, um, it, it can look very petty. And, you know, again, it can just be, it can send a bigger signal to players and in other teams that, you know, there really is a fraction within the, uh, organization so I, I like the way they handled it um and i think yes it was kind of a way of saying subtly like yeah our bad on that yeah i mean and let's be clear about one thing too like this is not bill belichick's way of doing things even even still you know in, in this sort of newer bill belichick and see this is this is um this was not done by bill belichick bill belichick signed off on this is what the reporting today was but Bill Belichick didn't write this. This came from upstairs. This was Robert Kraft's directive. And, and I think the significance of that just cannot be understated. That 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 Kraft has Kraft Kraft did this, not Bill Belichick. Yeah, I mean, look, we've been saying, like, hey, Kraft, Kraft's the owner. Um, he's gotta step up and 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 show some assertiveness. Um, but I mean, look, the one thing I don't want to overlook or I guess, you know, understate is the fact that I think Bill would have made this move regardless. I really do. Just because he didn't throw Patricia under the bus or make the move midseason, that doesn't mean he wouldn't have done this on his own. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe Kraft didn't. He might have brought someone to call the plays, but I don't think he would have named him the OC necessarily. No. And I don't think he certainly would have said it publicly before it even happened. Right, but I so but I guess I guess my thing is like with you know with Bill I think Bill Bill could have done this, you know, made this decision without Kraft saying anything. Like we're over here saying like, oh, this was Kraft's way of flexing muscle and his way of standing up and showing he still has control and potentially giving Bill an ultimatum and yada yada. But I don't I don't rule out the possibility that Bill was planning on doing this all along. You know how he treats uh he treats the media and the general public, right? He treats them like, like mushrooms. What's the old adage? You know, you, you keep them in the dark and feed them crap. Like that's, that's what Bill does. That's what he's always done. 
He's never been, you know, overly, you know, just just gushing in terms of like his emotions or his thoughts or his plans. Um, so you know what I I I don't I don't put it past the fact that Bill saw uh, that there was a giant mistake as well and was ready to make some changes too. Yeah, I I, I don't agree. I I don't disagree with what at all with what you're saying. I mean, I think that Belichick's not stupid and he probably was going to do this anyways, but I, I think the way this is being done um, is what's really striking. And, and, and I do think Belichick would never do it this way. And I think the significance right. of that just not be, cannot be understated. And, and for me, Justin, and it sounds like you agree with me, I'm happy about that because as much as I love Belichick as, as an X's and coach, X's and O's coach, and I still think he can coach on the field for whatever reason, the last five or so years, what, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum, the personnel stuff, the drafting, the free agency signings, the coaches he's been brought in, the way he's been running things off the field. It has not been working as well. It's been a mixed bag at best and probably worse. And and I think that something had to change, and it sounds like something did change, and it sounds like even if Bill Belichick is holding his nose and closing one eye, he is on board with this change. And I really feel like, at the end of the day, that's the best case scenario for this franchise moving forward is to keep Belichick as the X's and O's coach, but to get the right people around him that he has failed to get around him. Now, I have some friends, Justin, that are, I would call Belichick zealots, and they just refuse to put any responsibility yeah. on Belichick for anything that's gone wrong here the last few years. And I was a Belichick guy. I mean, I'm Patriot way. I, I still have faith in Belichick, um, maybe more than I should, based on what's happened in the last few years. Though I've certainly talked a lot about what's gone wrong. What are the Belichick zealots saying today with this really more or less acknowledgement that, that this was an, a total fail this year? The, I mean, look, I think you, first off, even if you're a diehard uh, Belichick zealot, you know, quote unquote, um, I, I, I can't see, you know, I can't see thinking of Bill as this infallible human being, right? Cause he has made some mistakes during his tenure here that I think no matter what your opinion on the guy is, you have to acknowledge that they were mistakes, right? I think at this point, there's no question, you know, just, an, uh, just a couple that come to mind, right? There's no question, um, that we should have played Malcolm Butler in that Eagle Super Bowl, right? There's no question um, that we should have, you know, brought an offensive coordinator. There's, there's I mean, no. Justin, you're right. I have, I have friends. I'm telling you that would argue the opposite. That, 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 that will not. There are people in New England that refuse to put any responsibility on Belichick. I'm telling you, they're out there. Your everything you said is right, but uh, there are. I don't know. Maybe you have friends. Maybe you don't. I have friends that if you dare say something bad about Belichick. That he made a mistake, that he's that he blew this. You're going to get this the party line right away. I mean, look, I I I will totally accept somebody saying, like, look, and, and and they may be wrong, but I'll totally accept someone saying, like, look, Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. He hasn't lost a step. He's still a genius. He's still this, this, and that. Like, you know, I'm I'm not expecting people to waver. And Belichick after the last couple of years, especially the diehard zealots. But if you can't look back at some of the blatantly obvious mistakes, then you know what? I you know keep your opinion to yourself at that point because you know I I don't want to hear it if you have absolutely no uh, objectivity in it. I mean, 
Villa's definitely made mistakes. Is he is he still the right coach of this team? I think so. Does he still have the ability to coach and 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 bring the the, the Patriots back to a, a contending level? I definitely think so. Um, and do I still respect him as a coach and his ability and think that he's probably one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time? Yes. But uh, yeah, I don't know if, if if you're that diehard that you can't acknowledge that even the greatest makes some mistakes. Um, you know, you're crazy. Brady's made mistakes. Jordan's made mistakes. I mean, Bill's made some mistakes. It's not the end of the world. Made more than some mistakes the last yeah. few years. Yeah, and I speak as a Belichick supporter my whole life and the Patriot way the whole way, but he's made some massive mistakes. You know, the Brady thing, the Cam Newton thing, now this thing. Uh, but there are people out there that will twist themselves like a pretzel to defend him. And I, I don't know what those people say today. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, look, if... If you're if you are one of those people, I would be you know, I would be very shocked to <laughs> to hear what you have to say. I mean, if, but I would I would imagine that the leap they would make is saying that, look, uh, it's not Bill's fault. It's it's Patricia's fault. He's the one who was doing the play call. And he's the one who blew it. He's the one who did this, this and that. Um, so, I mean, that's what I would imagine. I, I, I think oh, they would still acknowledge a mistake has been made, but they would just say Bill's not responsible for the mistake. Or they blame it on Mac Jones, yeah, which well, is yeah, which is well, right, which is circuitous because who drafted Mac Jones? Bill Belichick, right? And if Bill Belichick is the coach and GM, now you're twisting yourself into gymnastics, saying, "Oh, Bill didn't want Mac," which, by the way, might might even be true from some of the rumors I've heard that Mac was not Bill's first pick for that pick. But the bottom line is, Bill's the GM as well as the coach. So if Mac is a blown first round pick, that's another huge mistake on Bill yeah. Belichick um, at the end of the day. So I don't see how they, they do it, but but there there is a sect of people that still do it. Justin, what, what do you want for Gerard Mayo with this team right now? I mean, lots of talk uh, about him staying here. It's not official yet, I might point out. Um, personally, I think you make him assistant head coach. I think you let him call the plays on defense. And I think you put Steve Belichick on the back burner. That's my personal two cents. And you give him an off the off-the-record promise that he's going to be the leading guy to take over when Belichick's gone in a year or two or three. Um, what, what, what do you want? How do you want – what do you want for Gerard Mayo? Honestly, I couldn't agree more with what you just said, right? I think, you know, he's one of the very few bright, shining spots that we have in the Patriots organization as far as the management and the coaching staff go, right? Um, especially in terms of, you know, the prospects to take the reins – you know, you remove Bill from the equation. He's definitely probably the next most valuable um, coach that we have, on, uh, you know, in the organization. So I would love to see some upward, you know, some growth for him uh, within the organization. I do not think he should go back to uh, having to, uh, you know, work it out and duke it out with uh, with Steve Belichick about, you know, who's doing what and who's calling what and who's making these decisions. I think it's, you know, I, I'm not an expert, but I feel very confident and saying that I would much rather Gerard Mayo be at the helm of this Patriots defense uh, than Steve Belichick. I'm not, I'm not a Steve Belichick fan. I do not like him. Um, I really would like to see uh, Gerard Mayo uh, step up and take that role. And I think like you just alluded to, what that does is that buys a couple years because look, the reality is that Gerard Mayo is going to be a head coach in the NFL. It's going to happen. Um, Soon. Right. Soon. soon. Exactly. Sooner rather than later. Yeah. So 
So, you know, realistically, there's probably a good chance that he could go out uh, if he wanted to and get a head coaching job next position, uh, next season, if not definitely the season this, after, right? Probably have the job if he wanted it. it, it for sure, 100%, 100%. So the fact that he decided to stay here, I would hope, 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 hope that that means that what you, what you had said is what's happening. He's going to get a larger role next year. He's going to be the first in line to take the reins in a few years. And uh, hopefully we, we, we retain him because I think he checks all the boxes. Um, and, you know, it would be a real, real shame to see him walk away and go flourish in some other organization. Agreed. Now, now I will, I will say that, like, you know, I don't know if I share your negative opinion on Steve Belichick. Like, it's happened before that coaches' sons have turned into really good coaches. Look at Kyle Shanahan and San Francisco. There are other examples. So, like, at the end of the day, the defense was really good this year. And Belichick and Mayo, I think, both deserve credit. If we're going to rip Matt Patricia to shreds for the offense, I feel like, look, I don't know if Belichick's a good coach or not. Like you said, I have the expertise to say that. But, but, but I feel like he deserves some credit for what for what happened here this year. We're, with a really good defense, you know, lost their – best cornerback in free agency came out and improved. And, and, and I think that that's, they both deserve credit, but the, but to me, it really comes down to not losing Gerard Mayo because Steve Belichick is not the CEO. He, he has a long way to go before he's ready to be a head coach. He doesn't have that leader of men thing right now that from all accounts, Gerard Mayo has. And if you've ever heard him speak, you know what I mean? So they have to do whatever it takes to keep, Gerard Mayo on the step. They cannot afford to lose this guy and then have Bill Belichick in two years retire and you're left with what? With 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 uh, the guy Staley in San Diego or some someone else. Like This guy is, is going to be a head coach. He's, he, he has all the traits to be a great head coach. He is well-respected, well-liked, well-coveted. Um, you have to bend over backwards and make concessions to him to do whatever you want, regardless of your emotional attachment to Steve Belichick. So frankly, in the spirit of our first conversation, right? If, if, if Belichick demotes effectively or promotes Mayo and doesn't promote his son, I mean, that's another earth shattering, in my opinion, reflection of, of sort of a new order in this front office in this franchise. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. And I, I think too, you know, we haven't really talked about this much, but I would assume that, when Belichick steps away from head coach, he'll still, you know, I, I think he'll just move up into the, into the booth as the, as the general manager, right? Like, I don't think he's going to step away completely. Like I still think, you know, he'll call it quits from coaching and have a few years in him running the organization as the GM, like he is now. Um, and if that's the case, right? Like, you know, you, you would really, uh, you'd really hate to see him making a move in, because, you know, he's probably going to get a chance to handpick his successor, especially as the GM. So, you know, I would really, really hate to see him pick his son, not because his son is the worst. I mean, I, I, the reason why I dislike him is mainly because I think he's doing a job that somebody else deserves. That, you know, I, I'm not saying I think he's a bad coach. I don't know the guys from a person, you know, as a, as a person. But I do see Gerard Mayo sitting there, and I, I think it's an absolute waste to not have Gerard Mayo running that defense. So that's why that's what I have against uh, Steve Belichick. But 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think Bill has to understand that look. Um, you know, looking around, not only do we have to rebuild the organization in terms of the players, but we have to rebuild the organization in terms of the young talent and the coaching staff. Um, and if you are as good as evaluating talent and potential as he said he thinks he is and has he, you know, as he's been uh, during his tenure as a coach, um, then he has to see that same thing with Gerard Mayo and say, hey, look, son, you know, Gerard's going to take the reins. He's going to become the next head coach. And then when he becomes the next head coach, then you can step back up and resume your duties as the you know defensive coordinator or something like that. But I, th- I don't think there's any way um, that Gerard Mayo does not deserve to be the next defensive coordinator and then head coach. I absolutely agreed. Uh, let me ask you one other question, and then we're going to move on from the soap opera that is the New England Patriots, Justin. Where does Mac Jones fit in all this uh, recent developments? Obviously, reporting this week indicated that Mac was calling around the league. He was so dissatisfied asking for suggestions, and that might have been one of the reasons Belichick and him had some bad blood this year. You know, I I just feel like I'm giving Mac a pass on and off the field because clearly what this news shows is that this whole thing was such a disaster with Matt Patricia. Like, I just feel like, you gotta, you gotta give Mac a kind of a, a free pass. Now, if it happens again next year, poor play and off the field nonsense, different story. But, but I think, I think you have to give him a pass. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I'm willing to give him a pass for sure. I, uh, I think if, you know, I think if we're going to sit here and say that he had all of these external factors that, that potentially hindered him, um, then it's only fair to say, well, let's evaluate him without those hindrances, right? Um, I think, you know, that's, that's just what makes sense to me. Am I still sold that he's the guy of the future? No, but I don't think anybody should be sold on him at this point. Um, and again, for, for, you know, right or wrong, there are reasons why some of them out of his control. So, yeah, I think, I think you got to give Mac another shot. Um, I do agree, though, next year would be my absolute – final straw if he's not producing um and uh and yeah i i think you just gotta you gotta give him a chance with the right offensive coordinator and um see you know see what can be done but i mean you definitely don't want to get the reputation as somebody who's publicly undermining your team and your coaches and you know all that stuff so i mean i think mac has to walk a fine line that he doesn't kind of you know put himself out of favor with some of these, you know, off the field moves, even if we may think he's justified to feel that way or act that way. Um, I think he just has to, you know, as cliche as it sounds, trust the process and hope that next year they fix the mistakes. He gets a competent coordinator and, um, and, and he's able to get the job done and prove any of the doubters wrong. Um, I know there's plenty, but in this still plenty of Mac Jones fans. I do another podcast with a guy who's, he, you know, he, he's like a Mac Jones zealot, just like you say, uh, Robert or, or Bel- some people don't think Belichick can do anything wrong. He doesn't think Mac Jones can do anything wrong. He blames it all on his, his weapons and, uh, and his coordinator. So, I mean, he still has support. It's just, uh, it's, it's just the fuse is running short. Yeah, exactly. And, and that may, that may well be true. Um, you know, I don't know, like, you know, I'm sort of more pro Mac than, against Mac too. I mean, I think, I think Mac's a good quarterback. I don't know if he's a great quarterback. I think he's a, has the potential to be a very, very good quarterback or even a great one still. I really do. But I just, 
I, I think that, you know, right now I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. And you know what, Justin, at the end of the day, let's be honest, right? We see what we want to see, all of us. And the reality is it's going to be much easier to replace the offensive coordinator and get a few weapons than it's going to be to replace Mac Jones. If, if we go out this year, Patriots go out this year, they bring in an experienced OC, they rebuild the offensive line, and they hit on a few targets in the draft. Let's say everything goes exactly like it should, and you're still left with a below-average, whiny, mediocre to sub-mediocre Mac Jones. Mac Jones, and guess what? This franchise is screwed. They're screwed. So, you know, for me, like, I want Mac to be the guy because if he's not, it's just a colossal setback. One more quick thought about this whole thing. Um, it feels less and less like it's going to be Bill O'Brien, doesn't it? Like, there are a lot of names being thrown out there. Um, thoughts on that? I mean, I would love it, you know. I, I would love it if Bill O'Brien uh, was the guy. But, you know, I, I, I think it's – I think – it doesn't really do much good to to speculate here because I mean, look, we know that we know that they're bringing in an OC. Um, you know, whether it's Bill O'Brien or not, you know, I just want somebody who's competent. Re- I mean, Patricia set the bar so low that exactly you know, in, in order to come in here and not show some sort of signs of improvement, you would really have to be the worst of the worst. So, do I think do, do I think it needs to be uh, Bill O'Brien? No, would I like it? Yes, but I, you know, as long as they just bring in somebody who's competent, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I actually agree with that. I mean, I mean, you could argue that maybe one of these younger guys, you know, might be better than Bill O'Brien. I don't know, but like, I just want someone that has an offensive background that that is showing some ability or capacity to to run a freaking offense. And what we saw this year from Matt Patricia was unlike anything I've ever seen at an NFL level. This was a junior varsity play calling and offense and I'm not exaggerating. So, um, you know, give, give me Cliff Kingsbury, give me Zach Robinson from the Rams. Give me uh Chad O'Shea from the Dolphins. Like these are some of the names volleyed about this week. I'd take any one of them. I really would um, over, over what we have right now. And, 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 and I think it would be an upgrade. So um, it might not be Bill O'Brien and I, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm willing to be open-minded about that as long as it's an open, as long as it's an offensive coordinator. All right, Justin, let's get on to some of these playoff matchups quick. Um, Rams 49ers, first matchup next week. I think this is an intriguing matchup. Seahawks 49ers, uh, right? Seahawks 49ers, yes, excuse yeah. me. Intriguing matchup because, I mean, you still got Brock Purdy as the quarterback of the 49ers. And I, I'm looking at this matchup, you know, the 49ers are 10-point favorites in this yeah. game, which – Looks like it's too high of a spread for me, which makes me think that Vegas believes in the Niners because they're begging you to take those 10 points. I mean, the better quarterback led the league or was near the top of the league in passing yards was Geno Smith all year long. Um, it just feels like, you know, is it really going to matter who's playing quarterback for this 49ers team? Are they that good? Or, or, or now that they're getting a real test with, with a good team and a real quarterback that can throw the ball, are, are they going to find themselves in a dogfight here? Well, look, I totally agree. The 10-point spread is probably the most suspicious one of the whole wild card weekend slate, um, in my opinion. I definitely think it's uh, it's a little too high. But, I mean, look, you factor in that 
you know, home field advantage is usually good for three points in football. So they're basically saying the Niners are a touchdown better than the the Seahawks. And I don't necessarily hate that assessment. I think the Niners are a much better overall team. Um, you got to factor in that. I believe Debo Samuel is coming back healthy. Um, you know, it, Purdy continues, I think, to grow each week. Um, it, they're, they're at home. This is the, the 49ers are notoriously a better, uh, a better home team. Um, so this is a rookie quarterback just and started sure. like what five games and he's a 10 point favorite against the 10 win team. For sure. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's definitely a lot, but I, but I think, I think, you know, unless we're overanalyzing it, I think, you know, or, or, or sorry, not overanalyzing it, but I, maybe we're just missing something, but um, I think you're hundred percent right when you say that they're begging you to take those 10 points, um, you know, with, with, with the Seahawks. I, I would lean that, um, that the, the, that the 49ers, you know, should handle business. Um, but I mean, look, this, the, the, the Seahawks have been a formidable team all year. It's a division rivalry. You still have Pete Carroll. Um, I would have one thing I would want to double check is if Tyler Lockett is healthy or not. And I know that might not sound like much, but when DK Metcalf has Tyler Lockett in the lineup, this is a much more dangerous uh, offense. And, um, you know, especially because now, you know, for Geno Smith, you now have two prolific weapons. Um, so I, I, if, if, Tyler, if Tyler Lockett's out, Debo's, Debo Samuel is back and the 49ers are at home, I can maybe start to warm up to the 10-point spread. But I do agree. It definitely was the one that shocked me the most at first. Um, I don't think I'm gutsy enough to take it. Uh, but nevertheless, I do think the 49ers are the better team, and uh, I, I expect them to win. I, I look at the spread, and, and, I'm, and I say to myself, are the 49ers really that much better than the Seahawks? And my second thought is, well, Vegas definitely thinks they are. And you look at that Niners team, they're, they're a well-built, complete team. So, you know, if Vegas believes in them, and I think clearly based on that spread, they do, take notice of that. Because you could argue that the 49ers are the most complete team in the NFL, short of the quarterback position right now. Um, let's go to the uh, Chargers and Jaguars, Justin. Uh, interesting matchup. And uh, really, uh, oh, quiet kind of sexy matchup here between two teams that were kind of quiet for a lot of the season. Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert? Um, who do you got, Justin? Who, who would you take in this game? Well, I see this is already one that I know whatever I take, I'm going to be wrong, right? Because I just cannot seem to nail down this Jaguars team. Um, here's, my, here's my initial thoughts. My initial thoughts are that, uh, you know, the Chargers have been hot. They've, they've looked really good. Um, but I just am not sold on Justin Herbert being a big game quarterback just yet. I don't know if he has, you know, the the, the stones to go in and, and and win a big game that matters. I mean, we've we've seen him fall short a number of big games. Um he's also I just just got the notification at the start of the podcast he's going to be without Mike Williams, one of his favorite targets, and it's a big part of that offense. Um Fractured avert- Right. Right. Yeah. They said they didn't see it on the initial x-ray, but they did just pick it up and he's going to be out at least two to three weeks. Um, what I, th- I think the big differentiator in this matchup, to be completely honest, is going to come down to the coaching. 
I think Doug Peterson is a phenomenal NFL coach. He's turned that organization around. I mean, you know, I, I don't think anybody can argue with what he's done in Jacksonville, especially the back half of the season. Um, and by the same token, Brandon Staley is just such a dink, and he's always making, like, dumb mistakes, dumb calls. I heard somebody say the other day um, that it's going to come down to Brandon Staley making a dumb call that blows the game for the Chargers. And you know what? I don't hate that take at all. I could totally see that happening. Just like last year against the Raiders. Right. So um, my my gut tells me – my gut tells me that uh, that the Jaguars are going to find a way to pull this one off. I, you know, it, I, I think this is probably one of my biggest toss-ups for for the weekend. And Vegas apparently sees that as well because it's a one point um, it's a one point spread. However, I believe it's the Chargers that are favored, and they're on the road. So what they're really saying again is that the the Chargers are you know a four point team better than the Jaguars. Um, and without well, the Mike- betting public. And understandably so, they're not going to respect the team that got the number one pick two years in a row leading into this year. Right, right. And people still see Jaguars and they think that team isn't that good. And I'm going to tell you, they played really well down the stretch, and, and they have a really good head coach. And Lawrence, say what you will about him, I'm still not 100 percent sold on him, but he's playing better. Look to me, this game is a huge referendum on Justin Herbert. It is because this is his third year, and Justin Herbert gets mentioned in the category of Pat Mahomes and, and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and, and the, the top echelon of quarterbacks and Joe Burrow. Well, Justin Herbert has done nothing in the playoffs. He hasn't won a game, hasn't even made it until this year. If Justin Herbert is what we've been told he is, then he needs to go out and win this game against a team that, yes, they're playing better, but they're a 9-8 team, they're a beatable team. If Justin Herbert comes up small in this game, I'm telling you, my needle is trending more towards Jay Cutler or Jeff George, a guy that throws a beautiful ball but isn't necessarily a great quarterback. Um, He has to do it on the field. It can't just be padding stats and and big numbers and pretty throws. It has to be winning games in January. Yeah, I I agree. I think, um, you know, granted, it is his first – First playoff game, but it's also Trevor Lawrence's first playoff game, right? Um, I'm really excited to see the way these two young quarterbacks – uh, handle the spotlight, handle the the the, the playoff environment. Um, I think they're both kind of in similar boats where, you know, they've both been super, super hyped up in terms of their talent and their ability and, you know, their the, the future that's in store for both of them. And the common denominator to add to that is the fact that neither of them have done really anything to deserve that, right? Other than putting up some some impressive numbers in games that don't matter. So... I really, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to seeing how the game unfolds, seeing how both quarterbacks perform. But like you said, I think uh, Herbert especially is kind of inching a little bit closer towards that talented loser category. Um, you know, it's only, it's, it, you know, he's got another year in Lawrence um, and another year of us seeing him come up short. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really big for uh I think it's really big for Herbert, and uh, you know, I, I hope they both play well. I do because nobody wants to see a Saturday primetime football game that both quarterbacks look like they stink. I might argue that it's it's probably the most entertaining game, maybe short of the Monday night game, you know, of the week. Yes. I really think it's best one to watch, most interesting. Uh, Dolphins Bills. There's really not much to talk about. This is the closest thing to a bye week the Bills can get. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think there's any way that, that the Dolphins can hang with that Buffalo team with a third-string quarterback. I think it's going to be ugly coming up north, the cold, everything. Dolphins aren't exactly playing great. They really eat by, barely eat by the Jets. Is Tua not playing? Tua is definitely out. Yes. Okay, so he's confirmed out. So, so is Bridgewater. So my question for you is, since the game is kind of boring, yeah. what do you think of the solution to the playoff thing, the Bills-Chiefs neutral site situation? Um, you know, to be honest, I, I can't say I feel too strongly about it in either direction. I mean, I think, you know, the league was kind of put between a rock and a hard place where, you know, they had to cancel a game. It's unfortunate that it came, you know, at the end of the season, there was no time to make it up. Um, and it just so happened that two of the teams that were involved were two of the top three teams in the AFC and two contenders for, for the Super Bowl, right? So, you know, there's no perfect solution to how you deal with that. I really don't hate saying, hey, look, you know, we, we weren't able to play it out in, in, in reality. So we're, for the sake of fairness, it's going to be in a neutral site. I kind of like it. I don't, um, you know, I don't, I don't expect either team to like it or either fan base to like it. But I think from just a, a fan of football, um, I, I think that was probably the fairest thing you could do. You know what? I, I feel a little differently. I would have, I would have declared the game a tie and just played and, and played everything out as it was a tie. I know there's no fair solution. That would have been my solution. Because the Bengals kind of get screwed by this. Oh, they definitely get screwed by it. I mean, look, the Bengals, the Bengals get screwed, but, you know, uh, the, the Bengals get screwed, the Bills get screwed, but realistically, you know, it, you can't really say who got screwed worse, right? Because, you know, like the, the Bills could have lost, the, the Bengals could have lost, and then, you know, depending on which team lost, you know, now that obviously changes everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, but I get I get where you're coming from. The the next least sexy matchup, Giants Vikings. Like I think it'll be a good game, but I just don't think there's a lot to talk about. Um, the only thing I can say about that game is I think it's a pretty even matchup. I don't think the Vikings. I know you're, you're kind of high on the Vikings. I don't really feel like they're a much better team than the Giants. I think this one could kind of go either way. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that. My gut tells me in. Again, I know the the Vikings kind of broke like a record this year by I think they were like something like 10 and 0 or, you know, 9 and 0 in one possession football games, which is like not only you know, that's completely unheard of, but then to be I believe what 12 and 4, they're 12 and 4, 13 and 4, something like that, and they have a lower they they have a negative point differential. They've they've gotten scored on more than they have scored. So that again is also like unheard of. All that being said, um, I just have a weird feeling that where everybody kind of has that same general consensus that the Vikings aren't as good as their record and blah, blah, blah. I know they're poised for a letdown. Something just tells me they're going to come out and handle business. I don't think they're going to win the NFC. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I think they come out and they handle business in round one, and they can they they play a competitive divisional round. That's just what my gut says. All right, Ravens Bagels, Justin. Um, uh, what do you say about Lamar Jackson? I'm shocked he's not playing. Completely shocked. 
Uh, I feel like if he had a contract, just my two cents, I know his knees hurt, but sometimes you push it and for a playoff game, certainly. And I feel like Lamar Jackson wasn't taken care of. He's still pretty beat up and he's not going to do anything. And I thought his statement today was kind of a way to explain that. What did you think? So I didn't hear a statement today. I'm also shocked uh, he's not playing, but I do think it's revealing. It uh, To me, my gut reaction tells me that, if anything, that kind of tips the needle in the direction that he's not going to be a Baltimore Raven next year. Because um, if he did plan on signing a new contract in the offseason and being staying a Raven, I think he would lean towards pushing it um, and, and, and playing this weekend. But, uh, you know, it, it's always disappointing. It's, it's the same thing with Tua being out. You know, it, it's always disappointing seeing um, the quarterback, you know, the most influential position on the field, um, you know, not be there for a playoff game. You obviously want to see teams healthy in the playoff just as a fan of the game. Uh, but, but yeah, I think you're 100% right. Lamar not being there speaks volumes, um, and I think it's an easy win for the Bengals. And then last but not least, Justin, Cowboys Buccaneers. Like, is there – I mean, isn't, aren't the Cowboys just like the perfect team yeah. that always shoot themselves in the foot and like screw it up? Even though they're technically the better team, they're on the road. Isn't this just like the perfect setup for Brady to win this game and, and, and end up in the divisional round again? Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer that the Bucks are going to, uh, the Bucks are going to win on Monday night. You know, the Cowboys have kind of, kind of seemed to to trail off over the last few weeks especially losing to a rookie quarterback in Washington. Um, and not only that, but let's not forget, going into last week, um, not only did Washington have nothing to play for and they were starting a rookie, but I believe Dallas uh, still had a path to the number one seed. So you can't say that like they phoned it in in a game that didn't matter to get ready for the playoffs. Like They 100% went out there uh, – with a reason to, 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 to compete and win that game. And they just looked awful, like really bad. Dak hasn't looked that good. Um, you know, they're, they're still, they're, they're dealing with a couple of injuries now with, uh, you know, shifting some stuff around in the offensive line. Um, I know Micah Parsons has been banged up recently. Tony Paul has been banged up recently. Um, and just, I, you know, you know me, I hate Mike McCarthy. I think he's an absolute moron. Um, yeah, I think the Cowboys are primed for a letdown. Yeah, all right. I, I couldn't agree more. And this is just going to be, you know, Brady is so is going to be such a dangerous out. It's going to be a dangerous out, right? Like, yeah. who's going to slay, going to slay the king? That's what I want to know. Like, and you look at the path. Like, I mean, if if they beat the Bucks, doesn't that mean they go to the the Vikings if the Vikings win, which is like a winnable game? And then, I mean, in one game, you tell me Brady. I mean, couldn't. I know the Niners kind of had their way with him earlier, but I mean, that team could beat anyone. You well, know, really. So if, if the, I, I agree, I, th- I think they still have the talent to beat anyone. You know, I think that's a talented roster, especially when you still have Tom Brady. Um, I do believe though, that if the, if the 49ers and the Vikings both win as well, that they'll be visiting Philadelphia in the, in the divisional round, which obviously will be a very tough game. Right. Um, but you know, that being said, you know, you can't, can't look ahead to the divisional round. You got to look at right now. I don't think Dak Prescott and the Cowboys take out Brady. And uh, I think, you know, whoever they do play next round, they will be uh, a tough out. Absolutely. All right, Justin, any final thoughts you want to give me? Pick your winners across the board, and then we're going to wrap it up. 
picking the winners across the board. All right, starting the AFC. Um, I'll pick. I'll pick the Jaguars. I'll pick the Bills. I'll pick the Bengals. Um, and I'll pick the. Uh, oh, what's what's the fourth matchup? What am I missing? It's three. Oh, see, so, okay. There you go. So I'm not I, missing anything. All right. So yeah. So I'll take the Bills. Bang. I think the Bills and Bengals are. You know, after that's an afterthought of a game. I don't think anyone needs to think about that. The Chargers and Jaguars is the only one I think that's really up for debate in the AFC. I'll lean Jaguars. In the NFC, I'm going to take the Bucks. I'm going to take uh, the Vikings, and I'm going to take the 49ers. I really don't see it being a, a huge upset in terms of, uh, you know, too many wild card teams heading into a um, divisional cha- uh, a conference champ. In, in, in oh, I believe the Bucks are an underdog. They are. They're. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, they are a three point dog. Uh, right. You're right. And so the, you actually have two underdogs. Like I agree with all your picks. By the way, a hundred percent. I think. I think. Um, I think it'll be a pretty par for the course kind of weekend. Um, the backup quarterback thing in a couple spots makes a couple of these matchups a lot less good than they would be otherwise. Right. And because um, Dolphins, Bills, and Ravens, Bengals would be great matchups if, this, if the quarterbacks were playing. So I think it'd be pretty much exactly what's expected this weekend maybe one or two surprises and head into the divisional round and see what happens justin you got any final thoughts my man no just uh excited for some playoff football hope everyone enjoys it and uh you know i guess at least when, you know, without the patriots in the playoffs you know the only one bright side is you can enjoy you can enjoy everything objectively you don't have to root for this team to beat that team because it's a better game for the patriots or this and that. you know what i mean you can just you can look at it and just enjoy it for what it is playoff football Absolutely, my man. Sounds good. Okay, want to thank everyone that listened. We'll be back next week with another edition of Break Down All These Games from the weekend of the Dr. Football Podcast. Have a great night. Your night is probably going to be better than mine, is what I'm guessing. <laughs> so have a great night, everyone. Be well, take care, and uh, we'll catch you next week.